that's a show off. Unless what they're showing off is dope as fuck. Fuck. That's true. To the comic book bullies with Nerds New Bully, me host Leroy, aka Peter Popoff, uh, with my co host Yeah, this is Eli, aka Chief Shark. Ah, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> Plus, technically, he's native, so he's kinfolk, kind of. I suppose, yeah, or I uh, suppose the, son, the son of a god or something, or something like that. Hey, we're putting Polynesian? him on the list. We're yeah. putting him on the list. We're claiming him. We're, we're claiming, claiming him. <laughs> Uh, and we're back with another episode. We're going to jump into it. Yes, anybody that's seen the title of what this episode is, this is what we're going to talk about. Uh, Eli, I cut you off right before we about to record. Was it something you had to say or, I mean, want to say? or? Oh, I was just saying we should uh, shout out to my boss, um, clarify what happened about the artwork. Um, Quick house cleaning? Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, so last week. Because honestly, I, did, I didn't know, so I'm glad you yeah. brought that up. Yeah. So yeah, last week um, we revealed some artwork, original artwork done by uh, Keith Jim, who's been doing, I've been working with on a book together, um, but he was commissioned to do this art piece for us, um, and it turns out that it was my boss. Uh, my boss and his girlfriend, they messaged us and said it was supposed to be a surprise that they were sending us a print sending us prints of this of this original art done by Keith and it's supposed to be a surprise but uh we sort of uh sort of miscommunication and I guess the surprise was kind of ruined but um but it turns out like Keith what Keith actually contacted us about getting our pictures <laughs> right because it was like out of, I remember you said it was kind of out of nowhere but yeah yeah because I didn't know it was all of a sudden Keith just like hey man I'm doing a I'm doing an art piece for you guys. Um, do you have any pictures that I could use so I could, you know, use for the art piece? So me and Leroy both sent them pictures. And so we kind of knew he was doing something anyways. We just didn't know who it was from and what it was, you know, what the whole deal was until you guys uh, messaged us. So again, we apologize, but we do say, hey, thanks a lot. Uh, props to you guys for being such big fans. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing, it's a really cool piece and I look mm -hmm. forward to getting it and framing it. And you know, making and my I stuff think here. Not not holding, you know, my boss feet to the fire. And this, he said he did say that he was gonna uh, mail us prints of those. Yeah. So, so if if it happens, I really appreciate it. Uh, definitely sending my boss. Also, Eli, I think I kind of called it, even though you know, like last time we talked, I was like, this seems like a a lot. Like my boss hand might have been in it. It's just the stuff that was in there, the whole black and red thing, the whole bull yeah. behind it. It yeah. it just it felt like something my boss. I was like. This feels like my boss. It has his signature <laughs> on it. So, and it turns out that's exactly what it was. So, yeah, good, good job on that, my boss. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. really cool. We thank you, and yeah, I'm stoked, stoked to, stoked to get this in the mail again. So, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, let's just jump into it. Uh, before we jump into Suicide Squad, know everybody wants to jump into Suicide Squad, but I want to do some quick house cleaning going on first. Okay. Uh, first, I want to do some music reviews, Eli. 
Okay. Uh, just just quick, I'm just going to jump into it because that's something we don't do, but I kind of want to get into it a little bit more. First off, I want to recommend everybody Nas' new album, King's Disease 2. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite. He's up there in that list. He just dropped this album this week. Love it. Awesome. But here's the thing, Eli. That's not the album everybody was looking for. The oh, yeah. album everybody was looking for was actually Kanye West, who was supposed to drop, but never drop. And he's been saying he's going to drop for before COVID hit, but it hadn't hit. So he did put out an actual, uh, and this is what he's wearing now. This is his thing he's doing now. I don't know what that is. Uh, but he, Ghost he face actually, killer? Yeah, he's like <laughs> ghost face killer, but it's like pantyhose on top of his head or something. I don't know what's going on. He did an album release party with no album. You know, he just kind of like danced around, you know, singing to himself while being lifted in the air by strings or something with smoke. And yeah. so and so what he did, like in the stadium that he performed the album release party with no album, he said he's going to lock himself there until the album is complete. But he's not doing the album. He's just taking selfies in the room. You know, he's doing like workout gym picks in the room. That's supposed to be him, I guess, or his bodyguard. I don't know. It's somebody, you know. So my thing is, what what does all this have to do with the album? Just drop the album. I know what you think, Eli. Didn't we cancel Kanye? No, we didn't cancel Kanye. Yes, we know he, about. I heard he's uncancelable or whatever. He's uncancelable. I think that's the word <laughs> I made up. I don't know what it is. Yes, the MAGA hat, all the slavery is a choice, all this stuff he said. It doesn't matter if he give us a hot enough album. We don't care. <laughs> we would just go with it. We just want it. You know, that's the thing with Kanye. So it's it's weird. We just want the album. Stop doing this weird shit. Just drop the album. But everybody thinking because he has a divorce, it's supposed to be the, the greatest album ever. He's free from the Kardashian shackles or whatever. I saw a meme of him that that uh, him floating in the air. Some meme that <laughs> said, "Yeah, Kanye escaping the sunken place." Or <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> oh, oh man! And so, but yeah, that's my thing. It's and, and you know what? People are saying that uh, Kanye fans are so delusional that probably what's going to end up happening is that Kanye is going to drop a, a blank CD with no music in it, and it's just going to have the words on it. Now, imagine the music. And, you know, <laughs> and my dumb ass would be like. I can hear it. <laughs> you like know? Kung Fu Panda. The secret to Kung Fu is it's right. in you. <laughs> it's in me the whole time. Like, oh, wow. It's a reflection. Is... It's a, just a, the mirror. It's you. <laughs> right. You're the you, secret. Hey, like, you ever seen Pootie Tang? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what I'm thinking is going to happen because Pootie Tang did the exact same shit with Winter Studio. No music, no nothing. And it was the biggest hit of all time because people just assuming Pootie Tang dropped music. And, like he's a, and they kept calling him a genius, <laughs> even though there's no music. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. All right. Past that. Can we get to the to the nitty gritty? Can we get the meat of it? Sure. We actually got people listening in. So, yeah, we're going to just jump into it. So, like I said, if you're listening to it, you probably saw on the banner, we say we're going to do a Suicide Squad review. And that is what we're going to do. We're going to do a Suicide Squad review. Uh, now, normally we do these things. We normally talk about where we saw the movie. We know where you saw the movie. Eli, where did you see the movie? Right here in my living room. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> where did I see it? On my phone. 
<laughs> no, I actually watched it on TV. I didn't go that bad, but yeah, I was watched it on on TV. So yeah, yeah so movie what... movie theaters are basically living rooms, anyways. You get you get your you can get a beer, you can get food and burgers and the reclining seats. It's like your couch or whatever. It's like a movie. It's that's, like a living room, anyways. Your theater. <laughs> <laughs> not the theater we go to, not in Mississippi. <laughs> I've gone to out of state theaters and I've seen how it was. Like it serves you pizza and beer and you know, steak and like and we go back home to Mississippi. I'm like, you don't get any of this shit, you know. <laughs> so, but no, I'm sitting at home watching it as soon as I got off work. Suicide Squad was right there, got a chance to watch it. Uh, I do want everybody to know that it was number one in the theaters this week, but it only did like 26 million, which is actually lower than any other HBO Max release this year, including Godzilla versus Kong. Damn. Which came out months ago. I think the only movie it beat was Mortal Kombat. You know, uh Space Jam beat it. Some other movies beat it. Can't remember what beat it, but that, that's that's what's going on right now. So sad to hear we don't know the numbers on HBO Max or whether or not it did or not, but hopefully it, it did enough. Rated R, so yeah. <laughs> it is rated R, so that does gonna hold some things back also. I think they said as far as rated R is the number one rated R theatrical release, you know, after COVID, you know, po- in this post-COVID world we live in now. Uh, but yeah, that's going on right now. So before we actually get into the review, Eli, I wanted to drop a few a few Easter eggs that I wanted to just jump into real quick. Like I said, this is actually what whatever we think about the movie. I do want to say this about the movie. I feel like this is the most DC movie DC has ever made because it's it's crammed with Easter eggs and it's crammed with DC stuff like, hey, look at that. Hey, I recognize that. Like the characters in the movie, every single character in this movie uh, is a character from the comics, well, except for a handful of uh, notifications, which I will I will address. First off, I want to make this one. Weasel. Weasel is a Firestorm villain. Uh, Savant is a Batman slash Birds of Prey villain. Uh, Captain Boomerang, we already know he's a Flash villain. King Shark, which we'll talk about, I'm pretty sure, in depth, actually, surprisingly, is not an Aquaman villain. (laughs) He's a Superman villain, a Superboy villain, even though he does fight, you know, Aquaman from time to time. Yeah, and he's shown up on the Flash TV show. (laughs) He's shown up on everything. DC loves King Shark. He's been on Harley Flash. Quinn. Yeah. He was on Harley Quinn. He's in this movie. He's in that new uh, Suicide Squad video game coming out next year. He's been in the DC. So any adaptation they have, King Shark will show up. Meanwhile, we can't get a, a Superman sequel for shit. <laughs> but they love fucking King Shark. Well, anyway, I digress. Let's move on. Uh, Ratcatcher 2. Uh, is a Batman villain, but actually, Ratcatcher Two actually doesn't exist. It's only Ratcatcher One. Ratcatcher One never had a daughter. But anyway, it's a Batman villain. Moving forward, Polka Dot Man, Batman villain, old school Batman villain around the 1960s Adam West times when he showed didn't up. So he, didn't he? Well, did he pop up in the Lego Batman movie as just like a? Joke? Yes, he was. He was yeah. in the Lego Batman movie along with Conan McKing, which I'm glad Conan McKing wasn't in this movie because I would have been hurt if they killed him. So, <laughs> Harley Quinn, we know Harley Quinn. Uh, Bloodsport, Superman villain. Uh, like I said, we we addressed that in there. Peacemaker, Peacemaker is a little different. Okay, let, I, let me take some time to explain Peacemaker. Now, Peacemaker actually isn't even originally a DC character. He's a Charleston character that's created by the late, great Steve Ditko. You know, the same creative Spider-Man, same creative of, of, uh, of Doctor Strange. Uh, the thing about Peacemaker is that it's the same way he is. He kills for peace and all the stuff like that. He's actually the inspiration for the comedian 
in um Watchmen. I'm trying to see if I can find it, but I can't find it. Fuck. Oh well, that man. Yeah, he's a he's the inspiration for the comedian in Watchmen. So that's the thing about uh uh, yeah, well, didn't Al, didn't Alan Moore want to use those uh, characters first before he created the Watchmen? Right, that's the thing. So he, Alan Moore, wanted to take all of those uh, characters that was from the Charleston era, like the Question, Blue Beetle, Peacemaker. It's a big one, uh, Captain Adam. He wanted to make those characters. He wanted to make them be the Watchmen. DC saw what he was going to do. Like, no, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> so basically, he made his own versions that was based off those characters. That's why. The question looks like Roy Shack, Captain Adam looked like Dr. Manhattan, and Peacemaker, like a comedian, which is why at the end, when Rick Flagg says, uh, the Peacemaker, what a joke, that was a nod to the peace, you know, to the comedian, Peacemaker, whole mm-hmm. thing. So, a little Easter egg right there. Uh, moving forward, we're just gonna get, just bl- uh, breeze through the rest of these guys. What else we got here? Um, Blackguard is a booster gold villain, uh, Mongol, Mongal is a superman villain but she's also the daughter of mongul uh and but he's got a bunch of kids so it doesn't really matter what happens to her uh javelin is a green lantern villain because he's yellow and green lantern's weakness was yellow so there you go <laughs> uh tdk tdk is a weird one the detachable kid he's actually was created just for this movie however he has the same powers as arm falloff boy who had the powers <laughs> to remove his arm and beat people with his arm so that's the thing and Milton, Milton was Milton. Stop with the Easter egg digging in YouTube videos. Who is Milton? Where he came from? Nobody cares. Milton was Milton. Let it go. So that's my thing. And what is this? Oh, yeah. Uh, another Easter egg I'm just uh do right quick. The Corto Maltese. The Corto Maltese Island itself is an Easter egg because it's actually created by Frank Miller in The Dark Knight Returns. It's the first time Corto Maltese was ever mentioned. It also showed up again briefly later in Batman 89, you know, that book that Vicky Bell gave to, to the Joker, and that was referenced in the Court of Matisse also. So ever since then, Court of Matisse kind of just popped up as the default uh, and on third. the Arrow show, yeah. too. It was on Arrow also, Court of Maltese, also on Young <clears throat> Justice. It, it, it shows up pretty much always out of continuity in DC universes, but like I said, just having the Court of Maltese there is a thing. Also, Starro, we got to talk about Starro. Uh, he is actually the first Justice League villain that they ever fought. The the one they've gotten against. So basically, Starro is the Justice League Loki. Funny thing is, Zack Snyder says Starro was too goofy to ever put in one of his movies, and here he is in, in James Gunn's movie. So screw you, Zack Snyder. <laughs> Release the Snyder cut. Uh, I think that's all the Easter I got for that one. So uh, I think we can just jump into this bad boy, Eli. You want to go first? I want to go first. Uh, I don't matter. Let me go first. I'll go first. I'll talk about it. Because I, I think you want to talk about the movie and go into the detail. Well, so I'm going to just briefly talk about what I want to talk about this movie. So, like I said, uh, when I talk about this movie, it was the most DC movie DC has ever made. Uh, it's the most James Gunn movie James Gunn has ever made in a, in a comic book movie. Like I said, I think somebody online said that they pretty much gave James Gunn $100 million in a bag of cocaine, told him to go make a movie. So... <laughs> That's what he did. You can tell the leashes off when he made this movie. Oh, yeah. you know what this yeah. you know what this movie is, Eli. This is the biggest budget trauma movie ever made. Uh, most people much, don't yeah. know what yeah. most people don't know what trauma is. This is one of those trauma. This is one of those exploitation eighties B movies. Everything about this screen eighties to me. This is the eighties. You know, it's an action sci fi fantasy comic book movie. 
bloody r-rated all the stuff like that that's all that stuff was back in the 80s that's what they did here uh he brought that sensibility with him um this movie is different from the last movie because like i said the last movie felt like a will smith slash margot robbie vehicle in this movie it didn't feel like anybody just stood out and i think that was done on purpose it felt like it was an ensemble cast it didn't feel like it was the idris elba movie it didn't feel like it was the margot robbie movie it just felt like it was a movie with characters in it but nobody had way more screen time than other person everybody got a chance to shine equally in this um trying to think what else i can say about that everybody played their parts awesome the people that came back were awesome viola davis i loved in the first one she's back here margot robbie i don't want to hear anybody saying this was margot robbie's best portrayal of harley Harley quinn's movie no that's false because she kills any every role she's in she's been the linchpin of of the dcu she's been pretty much the, the best thing that has came out of this whole experiment of the dcu whether or not it continues or not Every time Margaret Robbie shows in the movie, she kills it. She kills it in this one, too. So uh, even with less screen time, she had another movie, she still kills it. Uh, Idris Elba kills it as this as Bloodsport. He is different from what Will Smith did. He pretty much has like a what the fuck is going on, you know, face through the entire movie, which what works for uh, what's going on. Because, like I said, weird shit happens in this movie. Giant shark man fights a giant star, uh, psychic starfish. That's not even the weirdest shit that happens in this movie, you know. Uh, but... Yeah, like I said, and the funny thing is, Eli, I've been online, even though I know this is my review, I do have to mention that I'm seeing online that a lot of people on my timeline actually not even liking this movie. I think this movie might have crossed the threshold of what people will accept from a movie. You know, like I said, giant shark fighting a psychic starfish may be crossing the line. You know, uh, a crocodile man in the sewer, they can deal with that. Giant Shark, uh-uh. Watching so, like, BET, yeah. <laughs> watching BET, that, that's, it's right at the line. But this one, they're just like, uh-uh, too far. They're saying it's too corny. They're saying it's too far out there, you know. And I think that's fine. I mean, like I said, this is a comic book podcast. We review comic books. As far as comic books go, this is just a Tuesday for us. This just yeah, I think that's, that it's all totally intentional. You know? Right, it's all totally intentional. This is not, this is the movie. James Gunn made the movie he set out to make. That's mm-hmm. the thing. And it may not be everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay. Everybody can like different stuff. So, but they made the movie I think they made. So you can't knock him for me. It's not like he set out to make something and gave us something else. The movie he advertised is the movie he gave us. So that's what I think about that. So I'm going to give it a score. I'm going to slap a score on it. Four out of five. I don't, I don't think it's it's not my favorite comic book movie of all time. It's not even my favorite DCEU movie all the time. Actually, I think Aquaman was still a better movie. That's just me. You know, as far as like pacing wise, because I think because as, as much crazy shit has happened in this movie, it is a slow burn, which actually kind of shocked there me. were. Yeah, that's about the only critique that I have. Like there was yeah. a couple of lulls it, and it did. It was a little long. You know, mm-hmm. I think it could I think it's about 15 minutes too long. But yeah, um, those are just minor, you know, minor criticisms for me. So. Anyways. Yeah, that's that's my thing on it. So other than that, yeah, I, I I thought it was an awesome movie. I saw it twice. I, I tried to watch it three times, but I think somebody kept calling and stuff like that and interrupted my third time. But two times <laughs> I saw it, I liked it. I saw things I didn't notice before that I caught the second time. Uh, even the main bad guy of the movie, but I'll explain that in a second. Eli, you got anything else to add before I add anything else? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I loved it. I This might be my favorite new d like dceu era movie um yeah, yeah oh, right over aquaman 
<laughs> well, my thing is with Aquaman is that the pacing of Aquaman was a lot better. I'm trying to think that Aquaman have any low moments. I didn't think so. Now, if anything, Aquaman had it was too fast paced. It was cheesy. You know. It was totally cheesy. But then again, I I kind of it's it's Aquaman. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Aquaman, and like the like nobody likes this guy. So let's turn this thing into the dumbest, dopiest, biggest, epicest action packed stupid shit of all time and that's it was lord of the rings in the water it was like how can you not like that i mean yeah so but i liked i mean i liked it i liked that it was rated r it was a lot of fun it was funny it made me laugh it pushed the violence i liked that it was able to relish in the gore which you know being a horror movie guy i that you know i'm all about the blood um and and it it feels like the blood was needed here the gore was needed here like when we talked about birds of prey even though like i said i like birds of prey i was awesome movie but did it have to be rated r you could have trimmed some stuff in there and it didn't really have to be where this one to make the movie that james gunn wanted to make it had to be that well that's the thing is birds of prey didn't push it the way it could have like i like this pushed it like deadpool pushes it logan pushes it like i Feel Birds of Prey was kind of holding back a little bit, or like but Venom. Saying, Venom should have this should like that's what Venom should have did, or Blood Shot should have did. It was totally gold. <laughs> yeah, gold. I knew it almost got you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, that's that's yeah. Like this is James Gunn unhinged, unleashed. You know, um, doing whatever the fuck he wants, and 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 it worked. Um, yeah, it was really cheesy and goofy. Um. Which I think is what he does best. Yeah, coming from trauma, um, mm-hmm. working in you know working on trauma movies, this is what he does best. Um, it almost at times felt like it was kind of like a farce or a parody, you know. Almost, um, it was almost going there, but it didn't quite go there. Yeah, but like like he was sort of poking fun at comic book movies, you know. But I like that about it. I like that he was taking these like um, characters that we're not really familiar with, at least not me. I'm not really familiar with any of the characters in this movie. Like some of them I never even heard of, you know, but like taking these characters that are like sort of unfamiliar, you know, the D list characters and, you know, and making them matter, you know? Um, And he's, that's what he's good at. He's like with the guardians, guardians of the galaxy. He takes these bands of misfits, these outcasts and having them find a deeper meaning in life, you know? Um, And I like that he had, the two teams like we you know the first team at the beginning gets killed off right away you know right that that <laughs> was shocking to me that really was shocking to me that's why yeah i'm glad nobody spoiled it for me you know and it was like a be- and that's thing it's like a war movie because the beginning of the movie was a, a beat the beach scene yeah like in private ryan stuff like that yeah so <laughs> yeah but he takes like these characters i mean that's the thing is we saw the roster we saw the promotion for this movie all these characters that you know he was promoting they all had their posters they all like you know pete davison as this guy you know nathan fillion as this as this guy and like oh, all these actors you know michael rooker and like all these like people that he's worked with before are in this movie and a bunch of them just get killed in the first five minutes <laughs> <laughs> like he even frames it like like uh, Michael Rooker is going to be the like the the star of the movie. The, the same, the, yeah, the main character, and he gets. Killed. <laughs> He's the first guy to get killed, you know, or one and of the he, guys to get killed. And then know. the birds eating his brains at the. I thought that was hilarious because <laughs> he killed the <laughs> but bird. It's, it's the a cult because he killed the bird at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And, did yeah. you notice a theme? Like, there's always birds in these movies getting killed. You ever notice that? I know. There's like a in lot the of, other scene, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of like dark humor 
you know, in a lot yeah. of James Gunn's movies. That's just how he's got he's got a fucked up sense of humor. That's why he got fired in the first place from Disney. And why but, Disney uh, DC snatched him up the moment he got yeah, fired, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that, you know, he, he sets up the this team and then they get killed right away. And it was almost like he's making light of these um of these characters, sort of sort of pointing out or acknowledging how dumb comic books can be, <laughs> you know, right. how dumb and cheesy they can be. But at the same time, to us fans, that they're, these stories are important to us. And then the rest of the movie proceeds to show us and highlight how these characters can me- have meaning and can have, like, emotional story arcs. And, you know, these dumb, cheesy characters mean a lot to the fans, you know. And that's that's what he does. He takes these misfit characters and pumps all this heart into it. Like in the end, it's like a heartfelt drama. You know, we have the character arc between Bloodsport and his uh his daughter. You know, right? And um, even like he even treats Ratcatcher too like his surrogate daughter. You know, yeah. in in the movie, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, and like him being afraid of rats, and then at the end, the rat is on his sleeping on and his he lap. Pet, or whatever. He pets the rat. Yeah, yeah, because the um, rat saved him. You yeah. know, <laughs> and then King Shark, who was stole the show for me. He was the Groot. He was the Groot of this movie. And you know, I, I'm I love sharks. You know, Thrash Jaws is my fucking gaming name. <laughs> I, I I love you are the target demographic. <laughs> yeah, I was all about King Shark in this movie. I loved him. He he was like the highlight for me. But even that, you know, he stole the show. He was like, yeah, the funnier Groot, the more brutal, violent gory Groot I mean just eating everybody which I loved and thought it was hilarious but he wanted to be friend he want he didn't have a family and he found a family he found friends he was able to you know make a connection you know and that's what that's like the core again the core of James Gunn's characters you know he's this monster he's like the Frankenstein this outcast that doesn't fit in anywhere but then he's able to find a family and make connections and have a relationship with you know, his fellow outcasts, which I thought was like the core theme to the whole movie, you know. Um, yeah, uh, Bloodsport and Peacekeeper, how they had their, 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 their the rivalry, you know, they had right. that and they And they really tried to drive it home. Like a lot of times you see like Peacekeeper on the right and, and Bloodsport on the left and they're always almost mirroring each other doing the same thing. So, yeah. 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 I mean, they were like, they had the rivalry, they had the, the kill competition, with that, that scene, which was another hilarious moment when they're just... Right, which was actually kind of fucked up when you think about it yeah. <laughs> afterwards. That's on the second thing. But it was so... It was, like, a guy was taking a piss, and they shot him, you know? <laughs> or how when, when a peacekeeper goes, the guy's sleeping, he just goes... Like he's beating dough, like pizza dough. I was just laughing my ass off. But again, it's like... But almost making references to, like, comic books. And how comic book fans are always pitting superheroes against each other, like you know Hulk versus the Thing or Superman versus Shazam. It's like another like references, like here's Peacekeeper versus uh or uh versus uh Bloodsport. And I, I you know I I thought that was hilarious. And of course, yeah, Harley Harley was great again. Yeah, she always kills it. But I think now, my my movie- thing is I don't know if Harley, I think Harley just being in this movie actually slowed the pace down of the movie. Because her 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 story was so different from the rest of the story that was going on, because it felt like a, a a B plot that really had nothing to do with anything that was going on. 
Yeah, I mean, I that, think people were. Yeah, I think she was the star of the last one, or one of the stars of the last one. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, she was sort of like really secondary, you know. But the parts that she was in, I think, as as a character, you know, and I right. think that's why it, it added are, to her character. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, I think that's but... why people are saying this is the best we've seen her, is because she's grown so much. We've seen her grown, th- and in every movie, she makes steps towards this, you know, emotional growth, and like. You know, yeah, she ends up killing the dude because of the red right. flag, you know? Right, but um, if you've yeah. seen the other movies, you understand why she do it. Yeah. yeah, like if you just walk into this movie and never seen anything and she shot that guy, you're like, what? She crazy as hell. But if you know Harley, it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and that's the crazy thing. Like, yeah, and she says, I need to do the healthy thing and kill yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think this was loaded. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and then they all come, they all come and surround her. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. i thought that was great um but then the flowers when she's does she goes on the shootout and she's shooting up everybody and then she sees all the flowers exploding i thought that was great because in her because in her mind right yeah not only is it like focusing on her mania and her like insane point of view but i also i mean i don't know if i'm reading too much into it but i kind of felt like you know james gunn was kind of getting a little bit of stanley kubrick uh ask here where he was like sort of how how clockwork orange sort of makes a commentary on you know violence as art and and entertainment how we're how and how we question like meant to question why are we entertained by violence you know and here's harley quinn shooting up all these guys and instead of blood and brains it's flowers bursting out right because that's the thing because in harley if you think about it for her violence is euphoric for her yeah it's 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 as when she's at peace when she's causing destruction and chaos yeah so that's the thing with harley and it was like that you know it's i it was an awesome scene like every every scene harley had in this was an awesome scene yeah and that was my one of my favorite scenes in it just where her just chopping up people and shooting them and machine gunning them and stuff like that so like yeah that was awesome just glad she was in it yeah so i I just yeah i just like that because yeah if it would have just been brains and blood it would have been fine but the fact that yeah we're seeing flowers and you know this sort of chaotic damaged beauty of violence you know and, and i how, can't how, remember the song that was playing over there was like oh, a certain yeah. song that was playing it was but... a bunch of like songs that were like um yeah i can't remember what was song but uh the jim Car- was it jim carroll the people who died which was at the beginning of the movie um the was the people who died who died that was in dawn of the dead Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead, which nice. James okay. which James Gunn wrote the script for. So I thought okay. that I was making that Easter egg, that connection. <laughs> okay. It's all connected. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think um in the end, I think James Gunn was basically saying, fuck you to Disney with this movie, you know? Oh, that there's somebody <laughs> I, I think I saw online that there's like a more specific reference to that. Now you can read this in what you want. Rick Flagg was wearing, like, the, the entire movie was wearing a Bugs Bunny shirt. Okay. Oh, no shit. So, yeah, he was wearing a Bugs Bunny shirt. And I think what the shirt says, like, ob- obstacles uh, meet opportunity or introduce opportunity, something like that. Basically, like a fuck you. Oh. Just, that's what a lot of oh, people read. Yeah, I'm about that, to so. watch that shit. But, yeah, yeah. You, you know, Warner Brothers let him off the leash. They let him do whatever he wanted. You know, he had all these fucked up jokes about killing kids, you know. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> you know, Weasel, oh, Weasel ate 27 children and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, all this over the top cartoony violence, just basically doing everything Marvel wouldn't let him do. You know? Right. So I thought that was great, you know. So, and that's yeah. the thing. He signed up for the movie. He was like, I will sign up if you make it rated R and get the fuck off my back. You are not going to do me like you did Zack Snyder. You're not going to do me like you did David Ayer. <laughs> you get the <laughs> fuck off my back. Let me make what I want to make and, and just go from there. And that's the And you can feel that this movie has a voice. This doesn't feel like a movie by committee, you know, like, yeah. like the last Suicide Squad was. Like you could tell that movie was chopped to pieces. This yeah. one felt like it was James Gunn's movie. It was his narrative, it was his voice. So, Let's talk about this. Now, let's talk about the bad guy of the movie. Okay. The, and the movie is nothing but bad guys. The movie is nothing but villains. But there's a very specific villain in this movie that everybody seems to be ignoring. And that's the United States of America. Oh, yeah, yeah. They have the, they're the villains of the movie. That's <laughs> the why, government, that's, the man. The yeah. government, the man, the system. You know, yeah. that's the thing. People keep talking about, oh, I... And I see a lot of reviews about this also. Like, I'm so glad this Suicide Squad movie isn't woke. And it doesn't have a political agenda. <laughs> I'm like, this movie probably is more political than a lot of other superhero movies you complain about. Like, Captain Marvel's not political. This is political. <laughs> you yeah. know, the whole movie is about how the United States government uses a third world country to do their dirty work. This is shit they do. Look up Ronald Reagan. And I'm not talking about the shit they show on Fox News. Really look at this shit he did back in the 80s with Nicaragua. With all the shit he was flying with the Contras. The Contra, all the shit yeah. he was Right. Yeah, they want to blame this shit on, uh, you know, uh, all the drug dealers in Harlem and Compton, shit like that. They had to get it from somewhere. <laughs> they didn't fly it over here. Somebody had to fly that shit over. Well, it's funny because Corto Maltese is sort of uh, a reference or like a callback to Argentina, which is where mm -hmm. a bunch of Nazis went and hit out after World War II. They all went to South America. That's referenced in the X-Men movies and shit. You know, right. when Magneto goes to South America to find those Nazis in the beginning of uh, first class, you know. Right. So that's what Corto Maltese was, was basically this South American country that Nazis hit out at. That's where. Uh, the they Heim say it was. in the movie. The yeah, Heim, they say it in the movie. Yeah. The Heim. Was Yo, a, Jotunheim. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what Jotunheim was, was a Nazi hideout. And then the U.S paid this foreign country to kick the nazis ass and the u.s put them in power and right. so so they could so the u.s could hide this alien and keep it under wraps and do all these fucked up experiments on their people meanwhile they know right and they know that the government in cordos martis is a corrupt uh corrupt system corrupt government yeah but they turned a blind eye to it that's that shit we know America you're doing does, fucked up shit. That's shit America, America does, does all, the all the time. Yeah. How many 80 movies have we seen where uh at the time Iraq was the good guys? <laughs> where they're teaming <laughs> up with Rambo, teaming Rambo. up with James Bond, you know, you know, but yeah. you fast forward and now they're the bad guys at the same time. We were funding them. Why? The because CIA, they was against the Russians. Yeah. yeah. Back the CIA and, and the, the heroin and Vietnam, the, the drug dealing and you know, South America. Google Pablo Escobar and see the shady shit America. <laughs> yeah, right. Now I know America you guys think 
<laughs> yeah, I know, I know you're thinking we're left field. We're conspiracy theorists. We are not conspiracy theorists. This shit is in writing. It's this everywhere. Just, this is just history, man. That this is keep. just history. <laughs> That's all it is. This is this is not something we're digging up. We are not flat earthers. This yeah. shit is <laughs> this shit is out there. Just look it up. And James Gunn knows it, and it's the shit he's talking about in this movie. And They're yeah. sending it. Yeah. And what's fucked up now that I'm thinking about it, after they, you know, they release, after they get the, the data tape. The data disc with all the information about you know Starro and all the experiments. Waller was like, "All right, mission accomplished." She didn't even give a shit that Starro escaped and was crushing the city and you right. know fucking up the citizens. She didn't even care about that shit. <laughs> She's like, she oh, actually that's... she was happy it would because okay, <clears throat> now that the people that we put in power aren't in power, they're enemies to us. We don't care what happens to them. Yeah, you that know. let them fend for themselves now. Like that's such an America thing to do. They go to their country, <laughs> screw up their country, they Let's leave the country, leave them they go to liberate the country and then leave them hanging <laughs> after they get their shit now and, and how tail it out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so since everybody wanna say this suicide squad isn't woke and it avoids the political agenda. Watch it again. Just watch the movie again and then go research all this bullshit that Reagan, the Contras, the Afghans, the Mugu had that. What, what was it called, Eli, in, in the 80s? The damn, what would it call? Which one? The in the 80s. That that every 80s movie where the Afghans showed up, the Mugu Gadush, something. I can't remember the name. I can't anyway, remember. Google them. Look it up. They're there. Delta We're Force not with it Chuck up. Norris. Check out Delta Force with Chuck Norris. Oh, the 80s were telling you all this shit is going on. Don't ignore it. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, this is an 80s movie. You know. Yeah, Delta also. Force. It's about, yeah, it's about, you know, the Israeli and, and Palestine. That is, <laughs> and then Chuck Norris is in the middle of it. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't care. As long as they hated Russia, they didn't care. They teamed up with anybody, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. So Red we, Dawn. We talk- Red Dawn was Cuba and Russia? I think the, I think so because they were communists. It was all communism. Yeah, so yeah, eighty four or eighty. Yeah, was it eighty four? When did Red Dawn? The original Red Dawn came out. Like 84, 85? 84, 85, something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was Patrick about Swayze, Russia yeah. and and Cuba invading America. You know, and that's just that ain't yeah. It's not far fetched. You know, I mean, it was far fetched that yeah they were able to like paratrooper into America and all that shit. But <laughs> but Hell, you know, the Dark Knight the Dark Knight Returns dealt with that shit. Yeah. yeah. One of these days, one of these days, we're going to review The Dark Knight Returns. I'm not going to do it today, but we're going <laughs> to, we were going to do it during the, uh, if we get shut down again, Eli, we're going to do it. <laughs> which, which may happen. But yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah keep, oh, yeah. Oh, slap scrolling. What, what you got? I'll give it a 4.5 out of 5. Not perfect. It had some lulls and it dragged a little bit, a little bit too long, but still, I had, I had, a, I had a blast watching it, you know, laughing my eyes off. I had a good time. So. Cool. Uh, DC back up a truck of money to James Gunn. I don't care what he does next. Do something with him. Yeah, just <laughs> let them uh, let the let the artists make the fucking art. That's <laughs> it. That's all you got to do. <laughs> you pay them for that. Just let them make the movie they want to make. Just roll the dice afterwards. You know. Uh, yeah. Let's let's move past that. Okay, Eli, this is on you. I don't know what this is. Yeah. What What are we? Gonna... Yeah. What are we talking about? Uh, evil dead oh shit okay yeah hope you remember what this is but yeah yeah (laughs) this is like last monday so this is old (laughs) (laughs) so um 
as for evil De- good news for evil dead fans they are making a new evil dead movie called evil dead rise which is going to focus like in the city and some some uh women dealing with the de- I, I think i don't know if ash is going to be in it but it's it's going to focus on another aspect of the universe yeah basically deadites invade the city um uh, and they the uh the filmmakers posted a bunch of pictures from the set they are currently filming it and it um we saw a bunch of blood and uh, effect shots, but also there's a pizza box that's called Henrietta Pizza, and that is, is that a like ref- an Easter egg. Okay, yeah, that's a reference to Henrietta from Evil Dead Two. Um, Henrietta in the fruit cellar, someone with the mm. fresh soul. Yeah, so yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I, Evil Dead Two is like my favorite horror flick of all time. Um, yeah, it's basically Star Wars, Goodfellas, Evil Dead. I think falls like top three spot of all my all time favorite movies. So I'm I'm excited for this. I love Evil Dead movies. I Ash versus the Evil Dead TV show was great. Wasn't a big fan of that remake, but um, I look forward to this and the game that's coming out. There's a new Evil Dead game coming out. There's a game coming out. Okay, all right. Uh, this is also you. Is it? <laughs> What's going on? There? Uh. Blue I don't know if you want to talk. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought you might have been. I just thought you might have been into this. Uh, not really. I re- I'm gonna tell you why I'm not into this, and okay. I don't know if you want to talk about this afterwards because it's DC announcing another movie. At oh, this point, oh, I suppose. yeah. I'm just like <laughs> no, because I'll be honest with you, Eli. That Black Superman movie they were talking about. I don't think it's gonna see the light of day. I said this months ago. I don't think it's gonna see the light of day. Is, <laughs> I think is, they're gonna wait for everybody to forget about it. And then just not talk about it again. <laughs> is is the Flash movie actually getting being made now? The Flash movie is getting made. I wouldn't be surprised if the Flash movie is getting wrapped. That's the thing. I don't take a DC movie seriously until I see like some set photos. That's I don't true. even I don't even look at costume uh trials. I don't even want to see that shit. I want to see set photos, location. It's in a can. It's wrapped. Black Adam has has been wrapped. That movie was announced like in two thousand five. It's finally coming out. So maybe that's when Blue Beetle will come out in like 2030 when this guy has like grandkids and shit. You know, <laughs> now he'll be up for, you know, Jaime Reyes. <laughs> yeah, the, the Joss Whedon Bat, Bat Girl movie never happened. Right. The, the James Wan uh, Trench movie that they were going to make. Like, that didn't even Aquaman? sound right. Like, why are you making a <laughs> fish zombie movie? Spe- Steven Spielberg was supposed to make a movie. Uh, the Blackhawks movie. Oh, yeah. Never came out. Uh, matter of fact, before this Blue Beetle movie came out, Blue and Gold was supposed to make a movie. Blue, Booster Gold and Blue Beetles will come out. Never happened. Not going to happen. Uh, every, any movie you can think of, any character you can think of has a movie attached to them that will never see the light of day. So this is just another thing. It's just there. Yeah. So, so what yeah. we're talking about. <laughs> right. Oh, we're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. About, <laughs> yeah. They're talking about making a Blue Beetle movie. And they got the, uh, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Jolo Meriduena, he's Miguel from Cobra Kai. He's supposedly been cast as Blue Beetle. Um, so that's 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 the word. We'll see if it ever gets made, like like Leroy said. But yeah, <laughs> we will completely forget this movie ever existed. And when it does get announced again, it will be a different guy. <laughs> <laughs> probably like five to ten years younger than him because he'll be aged out by ten. yeah <laughs> all right this is also you oh yeah yeah oh shit okay yeah 
Yeah, I want to. I wanted to talk about this. <laughs> so, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser. Um, you know, uh, la- this was announced like years ago because they're doing the, the Star Trek or Star Trek Star Wars Galaxy Edge or whatever the theme parks. The Star Wars Disneyland's have been popping up, um, and uh, this is another one. This is a big attraction where it's supposed to be like uh, a virtual um, vacation on a spaceship uh, where you are basically spend the night, two nights on a a star cruiser. And then you have like an adventure and, um, and yeah, so basically you're, you, you, you go out, you, you, you spend the, you spend two nights on this, in this like motel, like star starship. And all the windows look like space, and then they have actors. All the employees are Star Wars characters, and you know, people from the Star Wars universe. And then at some point, you get into some sort of adventure, and you you can be a bounty hunter, or you can be like a rebel fighter or something. And you have like an adventure that you would live out for the the, the two days, um, and you get to eat and drink food. And drinks that are inspired, like you can drink blue milk. Blue milk, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and like, can you have, drink it right out, right off the, the teeth? Right off the, the, right off the, yeah, the the, the, the <laughs> alien like, teeth, mm, the alien yeah. nipple. I want to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, th- this is like supposed to be this big, huge, um, interactive, immersive experience. Um, and they finally announced when it's opening. It's opening next year, and the pricing. How much this will cost? Um, so it's basically the most basic package for a, a, for two people for two guests is going to be six grand. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. Um, the 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 best deal I think is a family of three or four, which is also six grand. <laughs> yeah. No. That's uh-uh. that's. <laughs> That's just the admission. That's just the price to get in. You're not. You're, that doesn't count the plane ticket to get there, or right. uh, or, the food, or the food, or the you know the the drinks and the refreshments and or the merchandise. You know, um, yeah. <laughs> like, Disney like, lost a damn mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and basically you're stuck there. They're basically kidnapping you for like two days. You, you can't leave. You're stuck in this room. I mean, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of sounds fun, but you can't, I don't think you can leave. <laughs> right. So you're basically paying for, them to kidnap you. <laughs> right. Good luck for taking somebody else with you to see that shit for $6,000. You, you pay 3000 I pay 3000 We go half. I'm like, no, that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm like, for that kind of money, like, like Mark Hamill better be there. You know, right. like Harrison Ford better be there. Ray better right. Ray better sleep in my room. Like right, those Twilight chicks. Yeah, I, I want I want two or three of them in the yeah, room with me. Yeah, I'm, I want to be totally Jabba on my throne. They don't even sure. have to be famous actors; just have them in. feeding feeding me frogs and shit. Right. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's sounding a little Jurassic Parkish. Like the soup, only the super rich can you know afford. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i thought shit i'm a star wars fan but not that much of a star wars fan. right it's not gonna take out <laughs> like, a loan yeah. to go see this shit yeah so. I, I i i won't even spend 50 dollars on the slave one lego set 
<laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So okay. I'm I'm gonna let you. This is also you, Eli. But okay. I think I'm gonna hijack it. Mm -hmm. But I'll let you talk about it. Okay. Okay. So let's let's see what we got here. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is just I just saw this today. So. Okay. I th and I so, thought you might. This might be something that interests you too. Yeah. Okay. It's not, I've I've seen it around. I don't really know what's going on, but you know. I, I was gonna yeah. let you talk about it just to see what's going on. Um, yeah. so is it Netflix? Yeah, Netflix it's has um is basically Le LeBron get, like letting LeBron James produce uh, a movie called Res Ball, um, which is gonna be a a, a movie about a basketball team of uh, a Native American basketball team on a reservation. Um, and it's and Sydney Freeman is directing it. She is a oh, got, uh, a, got a pick, got a pick. Yeah, okay, she is a uh. Native American filmmaker. She made a movie called Drunk Town's Finest, which, in my opinion, is one of the best Native move recent Native American movies to come out in recent years. Okay, so so um, she's open to coming talent. Okay. Oh yeah, she's directed episodes of Rutherford Falls. Um, oh yeah. Okay. She she was that what was that Chambers that horror that Native ghost story that was on Netflix. She directed episodes of that. She directed episodes of uh, Walking Dead. She's been getting work. She's one of She's she's a native filmmaker that's actually getting work. So big ups to her. And she's making this movie. Now Netflix made what was it called? All or nothing? Um uh uh there was a documentary that came out a couple years ago. Um on Netflix. Oh, basketball or nothing. And it was a documentary on a a, a native football, a native basketball team. You know, down there on, in the Navajo Nation. You said like a, a documentary. Okay. Yeah, it's like a, it was like a series. It's like a five part docu series about okay. this team. Um, they get a new coach uh, and they they go to the finals and stuff. And it's it's a documentary and it's it's really good. Um, and it, and it, they call it Res Ball because it's the the native style of playing basketball, which is to be faster. Because you know these kids ain't tall. They're not, they don't got a lot of height on. <laughs> right, I'm like, is it shit. like a like a six nine? You know, no. Play <laughs> they're they're they don't have the height advantage. So what their their strategy is to outscore them by being faster. So it's a lot of just back and forth and just trying to outscore, you know, out outrun and outscore the other team. That's kind of like the res ball style, just to keep keep the ball moving. Keep them running. Running gun. Okay. Showtime yeah. Lakers. I see it. I see it. Yeah. Hey. So, so you, you, you know. Yeah. And the thing I'm, is, Eli, just, just because LeBron James' name is attached to this, you're going to get eyes on this. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's the thing. So. I'm not – I suck at basketball. I was never a big basketball fan. I can't shoot a hoops for shit. I can't dribble for shit. I, I suck at basketball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll do a game now NBA 2K one night. Even at Chuck E. Cheese at the the hoop thing, I suck at. I can't do that. Shit. It's like right there. <laughs> I I I am such a I, yeah. I just can't play basketball for shit. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man, so. I thought yeah, I just thought that that's kind of cool that that they're you know like yeah, this is a native native film, native representation where it's a. So it's, it's, we're in a renaissance right now. You know, we had yeah. Rutherford Falls. Tomorrow is the premiere of that Reservation Dog show on Hulu. You know, oh, got, got a, uh, okay. Yeah. Boom. There we go. Blood Quantum okay. came out. We got, you know, Deb Holland in, in Congress, you know, uh, you know, more, even in comic books, you know, 
natives are yeah, coming up. You know, so. Yeah, but like I said, you're going to get asked just because LeBron James' name is attached to this. Like I said, he he only came to Hollywood, the, the L.A. Lakers, to go to Hollywood to get his name out there. Like, he got Space Jam 2. He's got this. He's even remaking House Party. Like, okay. With you know, who? Some pe- Who's going to be in it, though? <laughs> People I don't even know. It's <laughs> some millennials. I don't know. It's whatever like that, but some up-and-coming comedian stuff like that. My thing with people that's like, oh, uh, House Party is a sacred cow. Don't touch House Party. Like, it's House Party. It made like four of those fu- fuckers, man. Just yeah. make another <laughs> one. Who cares? House Party is not like some sacred cow you can't touch. It's not Citizen Kane. It's House Party. It was popular at the time because of that dance that Kid and Play did. And that was it. It's not cinema or anything like that it's state, state property party. one and two no yeah that's like it's like people made like, don't remake i'm about it who cares make it <laughs> fuck it who cares so yeah lebron want to make another one make another one what do we got here oh we got we got twitch choosy lover uh let's men sweatpants please more Poop yes pants, please. that's that's the twitch channel we have for us yeah that's All definitely right. coming from a twitch channel we get those awesome comments from there uh so yeah can we move on past that oh well, sure. we got we, okay this is us this is us this next one coming up all right video game section now we have an announcement to make oh yeah uh yeah. for all you twitch since people are looking at us on twitch right now making awesome comments so we do want to drop this on there that we are going to do on friday the 13th we're going to do a game night with friday the 13th like i said <laughs> this is where i've never played the game before uh eli swears up and down by this game that you know he is the greatest at this game uh, I, <laughs> I never said that <laughs> okay so like i said i'm the black I, guy in the movie so i know i'm gonna die first i'm not worried about it it happens i will be a stereotype you know uh but and, you can, you anybody can, you, you can be a white chick i'm a white chick in the movie uh, or in the game <laughs> they die too so it's like shit i'm dead no matter what happens you know? yeah but I, i'm like the i'm like the the virgin uh uh kind of frumpy white chick you know who, oh you know, so you don't have the who, big tits you got the small yeah tits. i'm not i'm not, the small I'm not tits, they always live so yeah. yeah i'm not the i'm not the promiscuous chick i'm like the the one that's you know the the one that doesn't have that's not sure about making out with the dude she has a crush on that ends up the final girl that's you know who right. makes it towards the end of the movie <laughs> okay so <laughs> and i just want to show people this one thing uh like i said friday 13 now if you look at it it is on sale right now if anybody else wants to jump in on us inbox me on the comic book bullies message board do not personally inbox me i will not answer i'm sorry just letting you know <laughs> uh but yeah you have what is this three dollars and 74 cents it's on sale for three dollars 74 cents right now if anyone wants to buy it if you have ps now which is me i have ps now right now you can just buy that uh for like ten dollars a month and you get and you get to play the game so anybody been checking out i've been playing virtual fighter 5 on the the site getting my ass kicked but that's okay i'm learning <laughs> i'm progressing what do we got here let's see mr poopy pants uh yes 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 exactly oh mr choosy love why call you poopy pants i don't know why i call you that <laughs> anyway <laughs> but yeah that's all i got to say about that so yeah check us out uh this friday friday 13th it's easy to remember friday the 13th we'll be playing this game my first time playing it we're gonna jump into it and see how and it goes. i haven't played so, it in like a few years now I have to, I gotta re-download it. I, I I deleted it off my hard drive, so I have to re-download oh. it and shit. And, and Gabe is gonna join us too. So I got I got plans on how to advertise this, how to promote this, how to actually do the stream, even though I never played the game, but we're gonna go from there. So yeah. Yeah, and I've so, never 
I never streamed live, so I never. I've never. Yeah, this is a first for me too. Like I've never. Oh, it's, it's fun. Twitch, it's fun. You're gonna Twitch love it. Live or anything like that. Shit. You're gonna love it. I'm gonna have everything set up. Basically, what we're gonna do. I'll, I'll I'll let you know. I'll I'll talk to you after this. We're gonna talk about the ins and out mechanics of streaming and shit like that. I probably should say it to people listening, but I don't want y'all still stealing our uh secrets. So yeah. So let's see what we got next. Like I said, this is comic book bullies where we talk about the comic books and Eli, you gave my books that I do, so I'm, I'm gonna let you go first on that one. Okay. Well, since we're since this is the Suicide Squad show, I will review the Suicide Squad. Right, Suicide Squad. Jump. Get Joker number one. Um, Why does it remind me of Smoking Aces for some reason? Kinda. Okay. Yeah, Even though I haven't yeah. read the book, it just reminded me of a concept of Smoking Aces. So yeah. 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 Um. So yeah. Right. So Suicide. So this is uh. Um. Whoops. Okay. So yeah, Suicide Squad. Get Joker number one by Brian Azzarello. Wrote this. And I know some people are like, uh, Brian Azzarello, uh, he's... I'm okay, one of those people. But okay, yeah. Boomer and all that shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this has, uh, basically, this has Jason Todd, um, Red Hood, leading uh, a Task Force S X on a mission to get Joker. And, oh, is that is that Wild Dog? Huh? That is Wild Dog. Yeah, it is. He's like, And he's like the comedian. He's like... Uh, uh, um, What's Peacemaker. his name? Uh, Peacemaker, like the right yeah. wing. What's his name from uh, from Falcon and Winter Soldier? Um, uh, the, the, John Walker. Yeah, he's he like him yeah. in this. Uh, so yeah, so basically, it starts out with we have um, kind of the history of Jason Todd. How he's, you know, he was the he was a Robin, and then he got killed by the Joker, but then the Lazarus Pit, you know, revived him, and then he became Red Hood and all this shit and then he got busted got thrown in jail then then he got amanda waller basically approaches him's like yo i'll give you uh you know i got a deal you know you get get gets gets your sentence reduced if you lead you know the suicide squad on a mission and you know so they get uh um we get firefly silver banshee some dude named pebbles that i never heard of never heard of pebbles meow meow never heard of her um, so based those who are gonna die gotcha okay plastique plastique she's she's an old school she's old school okay yeah uh the yonder man a teleporter Don't wild dog okay. wild dog old school. he harley. was on arrow yeah uh wild dog was on arrow so yeah. yeah and 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 harley so they go um get dropped in gotham to go find the joker and um they find him at a bar or there's like a Russian a bar with the Russian mob, and they you know they go in, and they see the Joker at the bar, and Harley just goes right up to him, um, uh, right up and just shoots him in the back of the head, you know. Well, that's a quick <laughs> that's a quick book, okay. <laughs> but it turns out that wasn't the Joker. It was just some Looney Tune dressed up as the Joker. And then this is this scene right here that I got. That mm -hmm. um, that's like everybody in the bar, like going you know guns, gun. They all pull their guns out on each other. Oh, yeah. the Mexican standoff. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I love uh, that so yeah. So there's a big shootout. They escape, and then um, uh, Jason is like talking to Waller, and it's like, "Hey, man, there's a setup, man. There, there's something. The Russian mob, blah 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 blah. You know, we, you know, somebody knew we were coming. All that shit. Basically, they they they've been double crossed. Oops. Oh crap. Not that. That's not what I wanted. 
I'm trying to get the, the what do you call it? Okay, let's see. So basically, while Jason is on the phone with Waller, the Joker busts in to her house. Oh, in her house. Okay. Yeah. And as you can see, right here, the Joker oh, skinny, is skinny, skinny Waller. Okay. Yeah. So, and the Joker is dressed up like Alex from Clockwork Orange. So there's a bunch of Clockwork Orange references. First of all, um, Jason Todd's prison number is six double five three two one, which was Alex's prison number in Clockwork Orange. And then here's Joker busting into Amanda Waller's apartment dressed like the Droogies from Clockwork Orange. You know, and she's she's stuck. And the Joker basically this was fucked up. I did not expect this. The Joker proceeds to Jason Todd the shit out of Waller. Wow. Oh, she got fridged. Oh man. And what and Jason's on the phone. And here oh, this so he is, hears it the whole time. He hears yeah. it. And here's the thing now in, in Clockwork Orange, there is that the, the, the infamous singing in the rain scene that is very disturbing and one of the most fucked up scenes ever put on uh on camera. But here we have the Joker referencing that scene. Instead of instead of singing singing in the rain, he is, he is singing Blame It on the Rain by v- Millie Vanilli. By Millie Vanilli. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he proceeds to just, you know, beat the crap out of Waller. And now, and then he jumps on the phone with Jason. He's like, hi, Jason. And uh, they're like, and Jason's like, oh, shit. Joker has the box, has the box that can control their microchip. So, you know, oh, the Suicide Squad, squad is microchip yeah. with the bombs and shit. So, you know, at any, at any, at any moment, Waller could, like, blow them up. You know, right. but now Jason's like, oh shit, Joker has the box. And then boom, Firefly just bursts into flames. Ah. <laughs> oh, Firefly was on the team. You didn't say he was well, not a team anymore, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, oh shit. <laughs> and that's to be continued. <laughs> so that was the end. And I loved it. I thought this was great. I don't like I said, people yeah, that, awesome. people kind of like got their opinions about Azarello, but you know i think i have my opinion right, but that that was an awesome story yeah, yeah he he yeah he he writes he writes a good joker story and i and i and i i'm i get burned i'm kind of i've been kind of burned out on the joker lately you know this past year ever since the movie you know like all the jokers yeah, i don't think and, even think this the the only joker book that came out this week yeah and like the joker war and they just jokered the shit that the, the joker 80th anniversary you know, just so much Joker crap lately. I just got burned out. So I was a little reluctant to check it out. But then I, I ended up really digging this. So this is a four out of five. And I think I'm on board for this. So yeah. Nice. Okay. So I guess it's up to me. Okay. Yep. So, uh, yeah, next book. Well, the first book I'm going to do is going to be X-Men number two. Uh, I know I said I, ju- I was going to jump off this train. I'm done with it. But nope. There was nothing else I want to read. So I like, screw it. I'll go ahead and read X-Men. Why not? Just see what's going on with this one. So, um, yeah, let's get to it. Basically, the book starts off this issue. Number two is telling their story. Uh, spoiler alert, they fight the Annihilation Wave. Yeah. But is anyway, this tying into that Guardian story or whatever? I don't think so. But, yes, it's weird. Because isn't, really. isn't that isn't that the new arc on the Guardians? Some annihilation. Yeah, story? the annihilation way. So they're doing like another annihilation uh story coming up where Dormammu or somebody else shows up, anything like that. Uh, but basically the book starts off with uh 
Gambit is hanging out in their, you know, the treehouse, their their ex, you know, their ex headquarters in New York. And she's like, Gambit, what the hell? Are you and you know, Rogue is basically like she calling him, and, and you know, Gambit's like, uh oh, <laughs> like let's go ahead and finish the game, guys, before she gets down here. She's like, Gambit, what the hell are you doing here? Remy Etan Lebeau, you know, says the whole name. You said you had a uh, card game hours ago. Why the hell are you in our headquarters with a bunch of supervillains playing card games, knowing the paparazzi's outside seeing it? Like they're supervillains, they can't be in the X Men headquarters. And, and thing is like, well, you in trouble? <laughs> I'm gonna get out of here. You're like, and I was gonna beat you too, you know. But anyway, going past, them, I'm gonna just speed through this. Anyway, the uh, in the game room, the quartermaster or Cordyceps Jones, calling himself, is betting on who's gonna kill Earth first. And this guy says, I'm gonna take out this guy first. I'm gonna send his my minion here with the annihilation wave. He's gonna go down there to Earth and he's gonna take him out with the annihilation wave. They're like, Well, there's no way the Earth can survive that because they're like annihilation wave is taking out galaxies by itself. So so he goes down there, he crashes uh in Kansas. This couple going to pick up truck sees it, sees him walking out. He's talking all alien and shit like that, drinks it. He's like, hey buddy, maybe you should lay off the sauce. You should be drink getting drunk like that. Uh, and then that's when the like annihilation wave pops out of his chest and you know it starts to take over the city. So it's, it's moving close to the city, let's take over. That's when we get the X-Men. We got Sink and Jean Gray training, you know, over some stuff. They're basically saying, Uh oh, I hear it. Uh Kansas is going crazy. So they hop in the Thunderbird, <laughs> which is the jet, and they head to Kansas, you know, to take out the annihilation wave before it takes over the entire uh earth and galaxy, stuff like that. Meanwhile, Sync is still synced up with Jean Grey, and she and she senses him thinking about Wolverine and thinking about all the time that they spent, how their soulmate stuff like that. And then that's when Jean kind of you know cuts him off. He's like, "Yeah, I, I don't want to. There's too much information you got. You sending me right now." So when they finally get to the Annihilation Wave, that's when the X Men go into full attack mode. They're like, "Since I don't sense any people in there, you can just go crazy, just go nuts, do whatever you want to do." So Wolverine's just chopping them up and shit. Um, what do you do? Let's cut to the end. <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So they Cyclops says, uh, not Magneto, his daughter Polaris, throw a big bubble over the city to stop the annihilation wave from taking over the city. But right before the big bubble throws up, uh, Jean Grey's psychic ability combines with Lorna Dane's magnetic ability and enhances her where she can get a mental image of those guys. So she's like, before Sunfire, before you blow up the Annihilation Wave, let me go inside and see exactly what they're thinking. So they go inside, uh, and she can sense, like, the last images of where these guys came from. So when she sensed them, she knows exactly who sent them, where they came from, stuff like that. She's like, uh-oh. And then she's like, okay, Sunfire, uh, Sunfire, Sunfire, hit it, go for it. She's like, okay, everybody step back because when I get in, I'm letting loose. So he dives right inside the Nihilist Wave. The Nihilist Wave seems like it eats him, but it really doesn't because, boom, he explodes the Nihilist Wave and it's done before he gets to the city. So uh, Kansas is saved. So uh, the the Kansas guy, before they hop on the Thunderbird, you know, the guys, you know, they're actually X-Men fans and Deadpool just like that. Hey, man, since you saved the city, why don't you come over there? Let me buy you drinks, uh, get you some, a burger or something like that. And he was about to decline, but then Gene Gray's are like, nah, we're going to do it. We're going to jump in. And so they go to the cookout, and he gets a burger, and that's how it ends. But before it ends, we get the a picture of a guy named Dr. Stasis uh, killing his family. 
or whatever. And some big cat butler type dude named Bornin falls him out of there. So apparently the X-Men, you know, resurrecting people isn't public knowledge. And they're trying to figure out how is it when Cyclops got shot in the face with a shotgun in like an issue one, two years ago, is not leading the X-Men. How is that possible? They know how to resurrect. We need to figure it out. Book. So, eh, it's whatever. It's old school. This is old school. This old school stuff, which you expect from the X-Men. It's like the old school team-up books. Bullshit at the beginning. They fight a big monster. Bullshit at the end. Rinse, repeat. I'm pretty sure it will pick up then, but that's, it's just a classic X-Men blow shit up type book. So, yeah, that's all I got. Well, for this, anyway. Okay. Um, I guess I'll go to uh, Immortal Hulk. Okay. Number 49. Let's see. Let's get trying, to get, trying to get my image up. Let's cool. <sighs> Oops. What is it now? I'm sorry. Where is it? Okay, here we go. All right. Um, where is it? I want to get out of this. Okay. Okay, not that that technical difficulties. Yes. Yeah. This is (laughs) this is why this is why Leroy um runs the show. (laughs) (laughs) Is this not? Oh, I think this is a web image. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, that image ain't gonna get shared. So let's just. Get it's a it. way to do it. The way I do it, I upload to Facebook and then download it from there. Okay, so I'll just start with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was. It was only a. I, I shared. Okay. Um. So I'm doing a Immortal Hulk number forty nine, um. The the penultimate issue in this in this series, in Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk run. Um. So basically, um. The leader has been fucking shit up and he's been in green hell, you know, taking over. And the Hulk needs to get to green hell. So Jacqueline McGee, that reporter, and She-Hulk are accompanying him to, you know, try to get to green hell. They go to New York to the, for the Avengers' help. But the Avengers end up just attacking the Hulk. Right, because he's been pretty much a bad guy for like the whole yeah, series. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, they they uh, they beat the crap out of it, and the Hulk just stands there and lets them let them just beat the shit out. Of um, and it kind of points out like how the Avenger, it, it, the Hulk, is realizing, you know what? They, these motherfuckers never trusted me. <laughs> I've been a liability. <laughs> I've never really right. been on this team. <laughs> right know, even I'm though really he's not, one of the founders but yeah yeah i'm really not a part of the crew they, they just kind of use me i'm kind of like their secret weapon you know i'm their dog i'm their pet i'm their pet mm-hmm. monster basically you come in you smash you you get out of here you yeah they don't really trust me they never have and they never will that's what he's kind of you know realizing here but he just sort of takes the beating because he's letting all the beat all the violence and the, you know the beating that he's taking is basically giving him power so um then let me get to the the fantastic four show up and like hey bruce come on let's get you out of here and um and they take him it turns out reed smart ass reed has built a doorway to green hell usually you gotta how, die how did to he get know there. about it right how did he know about it 
Oh, I think there was some stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's Reed. It's Reed. Yeah. Okay. Reed. Never mind. <laughs> He's always building some shit that goes somewhere. <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah. So usually you got to die to get to Green Hell. Um. But now Reed built a portal to Green Hell. He's like, you know what? Here, we're gonna help you. And it's sort of uh. Now this whole issue is written in prose. I think it's basically an article that. But right, Jacqueline, that's why I saw. So the whole book is like that. Yeah, it's basically. I, I think it's like Jacqueline McGee sort of writing the article. It's it's from her point of view, her voice, her perspective. Um, mm. But I, it makes some really cool, interesting points about how the Fantastic Four and the Hulk are very similar. Like they were both uh, victims of science gone wrong, you know. Um, mm. Where Hulk is like the worst is the darkness. The Fantastic Four is the light side. Of, of that of that coin you know they're they're the family they're you know they have relationships they're a family they're a family hulk is a loner hulk embodies rage and anger and hatred and guilt and trauma the fantastic four are all about you know a fam they're a family unit you know unity you know let's try to save the world all that stuff you know peace versus chaos so that, that I thought that was really interesting. And basically, like, hey, we're we're gonna get you out of here and help you. So they go through the it's all they just end up going through the, the portal to go and that's it. It ends there. And the next issue is the last issue in this series where they're gonna the big finale. They're gonna go face the leader in Green Hell. And um, yeah, that, that that doesn't come out till October. So oh wow. So okay. They got time to plan for that one. So yeah, and it's supposed to be a big, huge finale too probably a double size issue and shit so. i mean it's been one of their best-selling books so yeah it's got to go out with yeah. a bang yeah this is a, a modern classic for me yeah i've been all about this since the get-go yeah plus they're so, gonna, you know they're gonna put it in a trade and everything so what yeah. is all said and done yeah um so yeah four out of five pretty cool film cool all right, all right. so what do i have next year uh Eli, i'm surprised you didn't read this next one sinister war no i didn't know I wasn't okay. really feeling the first one, so I, yeah. <laughs> eh, I, I kind of like, eh, why not? So, yeah, so that's the next book we got now, Sinister War. Basically, what it is, Sinister Six versus Sinister Six versus Sinister Six versus Sinister Six versus another Sinister Six versus Sinister Syndicate. A whole bunch of guys <laughs> fighting each other to get to Spider-Man. So it's kind of like, get Spider-Man. <laughs> that's what this is. <laughs> so to basically explain what the book is. So. Uh yeah, so like I said, Doctor Octopus is going after Mephisto, but that's the B story. The A story is like I said, another Sinister Six team is going after Spider-Man in a graveyard with Taskmaster, the Foreigner, Slide, Black Ant, Chance, and Jack O' Lantern, and they're going after him. So they're trying to get him, and you know they're blasting him and stuff like that, and they're actually kicking his ass because there's too many of them. But before they can, and they actually have a flashback happening beforehand, they were robbing a bank. And before they could uh, do it, they all got kidnapped by those tentacles, which is Kendrick, Kendrick's, not Kendrick, Kindred, Kindred's tentacles. I was trying to say it about that fast, and it just blinks out on them. So, but then Spider-Man gets snatched up by another one of his villains called Overdrive, and they snatch him out of there. And while Overdrive is going, uh, another Sinister Six team shows up with Shocker, Hydro Man, Captain, not Captain Boomerang, just Boomerang. I forgot it's, it's Marvel. Speed Demon, some other guys, uh, and they do their thing. So Hydro Man blows water in everybody, you know, and they're like, well, at least it's better than sand. At least I didn't get sand all over everywhere. 
And Shock is like, oh, wait, you see what comes over here. So he shocks Electric Current Hydro Man and everything the Hydro Man is, you know, liquefied gets shocked. So Shaka takes them out. Shows them earlier. They were getting drunk at the bar with no name. Uh, and they also get kidnapped by Kendrick. So, yeah. So while they're getting away, they get stopped by another Sinister Six team. <laughs> but here's the thing. They're not technically a Sinister Six team because it's seven of them. Because the seventh member shows up, boom, and stabs Spider-Man in the back. So it shows them earlier. Who and that complaining, I don't know. They never say. <laughs> <laughs> they just say it's a seventh member, you know. And they're asking about should we recruit it to the team, you know. And they're like, we can't recruit it to the team because with Sinister Six, we have a seventh member that makes us look, you know, that makes us look bad. Like, we just changed the name to the Sinister Syndicate, and it makes sense. You know, because we have to change our image because we've been teaming up with Spider-Man too much. So it makes us look like we bad guys, you know. So, but then they get kidnapped by Kendrick. <laughs> so all these Sinister Six teams finally wake up. They start fighting each other and Kendrick makes them stop. And Cashman's just like, oh, you don't know my name. Uh, and Cashman like, I know, I know what your name is. Your name is Diddy McDederson of the Massachusetts Dedersons. <laughs> you better be dead real quick, but he falls out immediately before Kendra even touches him. And the reason he does that is because he has like these bug worms that are in everybody's head. He implanted while they were asleep. And then he basically shocked him in the head right now. He's like, look, this bug is eventually going to kill every one of you. But whoever brings me the head of Spider-Man will live. So clock is ticking. Tick tock. Get on it. So that's that's the book. So that's what's going on. That's why all these Sinister Six teams going after him. Meanwhile, the other Sin 16, like the, the real Sin 16, they just want to kill Spider-Man. They don't give a shit about Kendrick. They just, just want to kill him. So, yeah. So, everybody's trying to kill Spider-Man. That's what the book's going on right now. Um, yeah. It's it's whatever. Like I said, <laughs> Nick Spencer is, is wrapping up his run. So, uh, three out of five. That's cool. All right. I'll, uh, I'll do this Spirits of Vengeance, Spirit Rider. Number one. Okay, because I heard about that, but I didn't know what it was about. So, yeah. This is the Native American Ghost Rider. Okay. Spirit Rider. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Kushala, is that her name? How do you say it? Kushala. Um, she appeared, she first appeared in a Doctor Strange. She was like the Sorcerer Supreme back in, you know, the 1800s or whatever, you know, because natives can't be in modern times. <laughs> right, so like, so she's here now, or how does that work? Yeah, I, I've I haven't kept up with this. Um, yeah, I I did buy that. I did have that issue of Doctor Strange where she made her first appearance, just you know, because you know I gotta you know I gotta represent and put my money where the, my mouth is and buy you know because if you don't, who will? Yeah, will? yeah, yeah. <laughs> buy buy a kid, you know. I gotta buy my native heroes, so <laughs> <laughs> support my native heroes. Um, so basically, she was uh, at first a spirit of vengeance. So she was a, a ghost rider back in the 1800s. It turns out her her tribe was like massacred by the cavalry. She was the last one left. She made a deal with uh, you know the spirit of vengeance and was able to flame flame and burn up the whole cavalry. Nice. Why why this book isn't about that? I don't know. <laughs> okay, so that's, the book. Give me that. Give me that story. Because I didn't give a <laughs> shit what was going on in this book. So they got Taboo and B. Earl writing again. 
they're uh, you know they did the the werewolf by night. You know, Taboo's been getting work. You know, writing comics, writing Red Wolf, and writing the native. They're there. He's the token native. But he book. look, he's on Marvel staff. I don't know why they just won't just say it. You know. Yeah. Um. So this basically has Kashala teaming up with um Johnny Blaze to free Johnny Blaze's soul. So they have to go inside Johnny Blaze's soul, and there's a bunch of flashbacks of uh. Let me share. I, I got to. Sh- I, I got I grabbed an image. I don't know if it really okay. matters. But <laughs> um yeah, it's, yeah. So there's there the that, that that's her. Um and uh so she's basically helping Johnny free his soul from the spirit of vengeance. Um there's a bunch he goes through a bunch of flashbacks of his life. He meets his dad, you know as a kid again he meets his mom you know turns out that his demon and her demon are similar or something and she ends up fighting that demon at the end and um and realizes that a part of her demon is a part of his or something like that some kind of weird you know mystical mumbo jumbo and um and she basically saves saves his soul but that but now she's asked to she realizes that that she's connected to the demon too. So now she's gotta go and you know fight it as well. And this is I, I think this is an ongoing. I'm not sure. This felt like kind of like a one shot, but it says, you know, you know, it looks like she's gonna she's she has something to do now, I guess. Um I don't know. This was like really disappointing. I was I really wanted to like this. But it's very long and very wordy. Um, it is kind of stereotypical. This is just the shaman helping out the white guy. You know, that's like you know, that's whole I'm, stereotype. I'm disappointed in 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 a black eyed peas guy. In and and just it was taboo. full of so much like mystical, you know, uh, new age you know, esoteric, philosophical, spiritual, right, like, talk. You know what I mean? It was so much of mm-hmm. that in it. And I, it was, it, it just was a, a, a drag. It just dragged. Um, yeah, I was like, man, I was kind of bummed out at the end of this. I was like, you know what? Hey, big ups to Taboo. You know, props to him for, you know, representing and all that shit. But he's got a job, man. Doesn't he have a job? He got it, you know. Doesn't he? He had rapped in like fifteen years, man. Sing and dance and rap, but that's 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 what he does, right? Why doesn't he just go do that and let like? Nobody wants to hear him do that. (laughs) Awesome. There's some awesome native talent out there that are like 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 writers that could, you know, give them a job. You know what I mean? Right. And that's the thing about Marvel. I mean, it's it's. It's Basically, he's he's a celebrity hire. Yeah, he's the token celebrity writer. You know, right? Like, like Coates was for Black Panther. It's like, right? Or all on, those man. Def Jam rappers that you know that wrote for whatever that was, Method Man or whatever. When he wrote, you know. Oh yeah, he's got a book coming out too, doesn't he? I hope he, not. He does. No, he does. He's got some character for Marvel. Marvel's letting him make his own book. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's gonna what? sail because you're gonna because Method Man's name will be over whatever character it is he's writing. So. Yeah. I was yeah, I was really disappointed. I really wanted to lie. I was really looking forward to this, and I was just like really bored. I was really bored with it. 
you know, I mean, I I just like, I want to like, like, yeah, I'm like, I want to like the native shit. I, but shit, we got to do better, man. <laughs> That's how I felt with static, man. That's how I felt with static. I want to like it more than what I did. So yeah. yeah. Like, like there's some awesome ideas in here. Like, like I want, like, give me her origin, you know, Give me her origin story. I felt like if Jason Aaron wrote her origin, it would be awesome. And that's so fucked up to say. <laughs> <laughs> right. Give it to the white guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Because at least I get her kicking ass. You know what I mean? This right. is just a journey. I mean, there's a bunch of like, oh, yeah, Johnny. Bo but some of it was just so cheesy. Like Johnny Blaze is making these really dumb jokes. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. I'm like, really? Oh, he you wrote that? that? You, you typed that? that out and made me read it? Like, what the fuck? It was like really cringy attempts at trying to be humor, humorous. Oh, my goodness. And I was just that like, That wasn't Man. even funny back when he was rapping. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, this was just a big letdown. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Sorry, so... not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Next book I got is I'm going to do a Suicide Squad. You did the Suicide Squad Black Label book. I'm just going to do the traditional Suicide Squad book, the one that came out this week. I hadn't been following Suicide Squad at all, but I was like, eh, why not? Give it a try. See if I can jump into this bad boy, because obviously if it's a new book out, they want you to jump into it and see what you think. Uh, and the cover is interesting because the cover, because Bloodsport is on the team. Now, Bloodsport hasn't appeared in, in a DC comic since the 80s, but he's on the team now, and he's getting his head crushed, not by Superman, by Ultraman. And I'll explain what's going on in a second. Because Waller has sent Bloodsport on a special mission since the multiverse has opened up in the DCU. Uh, she's sending him specifically go to other multiverses to recruit members for the Suicide Squad. So she he goes and he sees Black Siren, you know, Black Canaries, the evil version of Black Canary. He tried to recruit her, but he gets stopped by Ultraman. He thinking that he can shoot a kryptonite bullet at Ultraman, which would kill him like it was Superman, but Ultraman actually gets stronger with kryptonite. So don't really he doesn't kill Bloodsport because he wants to know where the kryptonite came from. Where can I get more of it? You know, so Waller, I'm just going to skip this because some bullshit. Oh, and I'm going to tell you the members of the task force S, you got whoever this chick is. Talon from whatever. Nocturna, Batman villain. Um, and I think that's it. Oh, and Superboy. Superboy's a member. And Peacemaker is also on the team also, but he's doing some other bullshit. So anyway. Wallace sends them out to go to Earth 3. She says she has just enough power to get them there for an hour. And then after that, you, if you don't come back in an hour, you're going to be stuck there. That's what Wallace tells them. Go there, get Bloodsport, get Black Siren, and get them back over here. Uh, and yeah, so they go over to Earth 3 right before Ultraman does some bullshit. Oh, side plot with Peacemaker, don't care. Oh, Peacemaker looking for a uh, Swamp Thing. I think she's trying to recruit Swamp Thing to the team. But yeah. They go there, they're listening, it's like peaceful. They're in Metropolis Earth 3. Uh, and the thing is, Superboy, like everybody's asking, like, how is Superboy on this team? He doesn't even know why he's on this team. He's just here. So, but then that's when they find out that uh, what's going on. So they see a big fight going on there. Ultraman and, and Superboy fight. And Super, Ultraman just goes in and he's like, man, you weak as hell. That's what they call for Kryptonians over there. And I can see your, 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 your DNA. You're a clone of a clone. So you're not even worth my fight. So Ultraman's not taking him seriously. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Suicide Squad member Branch. I forgot about Branch. But it doesn't matter about Branch because Ultraman kills him, rips him in half, and blows his head off. So that's why we don't care about Branch. Rest in peace, Branch. Uh, and they fight some more. Oh, and he said, let the rest of you chill out. 
and then he freeze breaths them. <laughs> you know, now tell me who this wallet person is and where can I get some more kryptonite? And that's when uh Nocturnal mind controls Black Siren to do her thing. Anyway, they fight some more. They get uh Superboy out of there right before he gets ready to kill Ultraman. So he gets to drop on Ultraman. Waller gets him out of there. They go back to I think Tokyo or some shit. And she's saying they gotta make a drop off because you gotta do something else. But while they're doing that, Superboy is met by Superboy. Why? I don't know. They're supposed to be the same guy, but they're not the same guy. Oh, it's the multiverse. That's right. I keep getting this multiverse. So yeah, that's what's going on right now. So super next fight, Superboy versus Superboy. So yeah. I picked up, I don't know what the fuck's going on. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it is so pretty easy for me. So yeah, what what, what else you got? I guess I'll do my Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters minute or segment. <laughs> cool. Because I read, yeah, I, I read Bounty Hunters number 15 and the four LOM and Zuckus, Zuckus. I always thought it was Zuckus from the 80s. That somebody, oh, so he, these are old characters then. Yeah. Um, okay. So four LOM, four LOM and Zuckus, the tie in. So both of them. Um, so, uh, Bounty Hunters number 15, of course, this is the War of the Bounty Hunters event that's going on. Um, yeah. Uh, everybody's uh, trying to find Han Solo, Frozen, and Carbonite. Um, every bounty hunter in the galaxy is after him. Uh, Boba Fett lost him from uh, Crimson Dawn, the gangsters that were in the Solo movie. And they had a big auction um, trying to get him back. And everyone's basically trying to get the bounty. Um, been kind of all over the place. This sort of the bounty hunter book is bounty hunter and star Wars are basically the two that are kind of sticking to the main plot. Whereas all these, there's so many other tie-ins that are all over the place. Um, but this one kind of brought it back. We're back with Dengar and Valance. Um, they go to Canto bite, uh, trying to find solo. Um, they get double crossed along the way. Um, and basically, they finally get in contact with Boba Fett, and they're going to go meet him. That's that book, but also it ties into 4LOM and Zookus. Zookus and 4LOM, there are those bounty hunters. They were on the bridge in Empire Strikes Back. They look, uh, Zookus looks oh, like the, yeah, with the, the, okay. with the big eyes. looks like a bug. And then he had a droid, fell 4LOM. Um, this sort of ties into that. It goes into a flashback of one of their older jobs and how they met. And also um, they got double crossed on a job and the, 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 the gangster reprogrammed Zookus or 4LOM to kill Zookus and gave him a big giant spider body. So this was basically them fighting, like Zookus fighting his partner, his robot partner um, as a spider. Um, pretty cool. I thought I enjoy, I actually enjoyed this tie-in. It was a cool little like, like a, you know, profile on these characters, but they end up he ends they end up uh, joining up together with uh, Dengar and shit. So, uh, um, and that's about it. So I actually enjoyed the, the this this tie-in, and this is more we're getting back to the the main plot of the story of the main characters. Um, because yeah, this is all. There's like how many tie-ins? It's like thirty books, forty books in this series. Oh, so it's like a, a big crossover with this, and one. it's going till October. So we're still. There's like five, six books a month till October. This whole, and I'm only reading a couple of them. 
<laughs> so, wow. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, both of them get a four out of five. You know, this is more focused. So. Okay. Cool. All right. So last book I got. I actually have four books. I don't know if I told you about the last one I got. Uh, but the last one I got. Let's see. Where is it? It's actually a digital exclusive. Because you know I had this uh this DC Universe app. So this book actually doesn't come out for everywhere else actually until September the 1st. However, since I had the DC Universe app, they gave it to me. And I'm going to see if I can pull it up for you. I was right. I heard about this and I didn't see it anywhere. No wonder I didn't see it. Okay. Right. That's the thing. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna do like a quick thing. Do it. Do the thing. Oh, I got to do the thing. There we go. Okay. So like I said, I'm on the DC Universe app right now. And they gave it to us this Tuesday. So I get these bonuses. So I got a book uh, a month earlier than it came out everywhere else. That's why I couldn't find it anywhere else. So since it only comes out next week, like I said, I'm on the DC Universe app, not promoting, but hey, they gave it to us. So I'm like, why not? So yeah, what this book is, is let's what's the name of it? Harley Quinn, the animated series, the last bang tour, kill tour is actually uh, canonical to the cartoon, the, the Harley Quinn cartoon. It picks up exactly after that last episode and it tells us okay. what happened with harley quinn and poison poison ivy so like cool okay and yes they are making a season three of harley quinn it either comes out the end of this year or the end of end of next year and this is basically a book in between what's gonna have like a lead-in to season three basically that's what so this is. is batman going down on catwoman <laughs> oh man not in this book they, <laughs> they book. totally could have went there <laughs> they could have went there in this book because nobody cares what happened in these books but they didn't go there so just to show you what happens in this book, I'm going to just go to it. Uh, like I said, the book picks up uh, right where it left off where it was on Harley Quinn Highway. And, you know, getting chased by Gordon after leaving Kite Man's wedding, you know, Kite Man and Poison Ivy's wedding. And they're leaving, you know, like Thelma and Louise, you know, stuff like that. So they're getting away. And Gordon's, you know, cursing out at him, stuff like that. Harley Quinn, I'm going to stop you. They shoot at him, stuff like that. Shoot the window out. I love the artwork in this also. It's got that cartoony look for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah and you know they're going down and i said pull over gordon you know like fuck you gordon <laughs> you know <laughs> and stuff like that such a like little little art detail they got so harley quinn says you grab the wheel i'm gonna take out these cops but while she's taking out the cops and i'm just gonna go to it real quick she's actually pulls one of the cops out of there and she sits in the room with the cop telling her the story about what happened basically in season two about how she fell in love with poison ivy how she uh got involved with dark side and granny goodness also like that tried to take over the world with the parademons and the copy was said so you destroyed gotham because you got friend zone and she was like shut the fuck up you know punch him <laughs> in the face stuff like that so she knows how to get away uh she basically poison ivy makes a bridge they go there gordon try to chase after her she makes the bridge go away and Gordon falls, but she catches Gordon right before he falls so he doesn't kill Gordon, you know, because Gordon made a deal with the president of the United States that he was going to arrest Harley Quinn for destroying Gotham. So what's well, going on? We're going to go on. You know, Harley is, you know, but Poison Ivy seems kind of distant, even though she's not really like she's into it. And Harley's talking to herself in the mirror, talking to Harleen. Harleen is in the mirror telling her, look, don't push her. You know this. You're a psychiatrist also. If you push, you're just going to make her more distance. When she's ready to talk, she'll talk, you know. So they go to the old mall, the Gotham Mall, where they were in the season two. And she brings across the aisle, stuff like that, you know, gets her dress uh, and brings it to, you know, the place. Because 
Poison Ivy kicked her out of her last place. And it basically watching the news about how the Justice League is arresting everybody at Arkham Asylum, about how uh, Kite Man got stood up at his wedding, and it's the biggest disaster of the year, and, you know, she's upset, you know. You know, the whole thing about how she broke her teeth and stuff like that. But this this scene I like right here. All right, whatever about Poison. Yeah, this whole scene right here, I just, I just like this, how Poison Ivy just basically that's just like, why didn't I why couldn't I just fake it with Kite Man? Why did I have to fall in love with Harley Quinn? <laughs> you know, is he just like and Harley, you know, talks to her, consoles her, doesn't say what's going on, but then you get the sexy scene, like, oh, let's get you out that wedding dress. And this whole scene right here, this you won't get this. I guess you will get to the regular DC universe comic, but yeah. So this whole scene right here, this whole panel, this whole thing, I love it. Probably my fa- favorite panel that we've seen, just, not just because of the sexy shit, just to have the playful loveliness of this whole when she flowers got, again yeah look at the flowers. Yeah, the flowers again you know poison ivy like come here and she just thought i'm gonna just do a backflip into the or a somersault into the bed you know <laughs> love you part pamela i love you harley quinzel stuff like that so yeah all, all sweet tender stuff you know it's a sweet tender moment and then part you know poison ivy basically tells harley what's going on you know i'm upset because you know i didn't get you know I didn't get married to Kite Man, but I'm feeling in love with you. But now that I'm here with you, I'm going to stay with you. You know, Harley Quinn giving the puppy dog eyes. You're going to stay with me. We're going to do this. But anyway, Gordon is on the ass. They got to get out of there. So uh, they get the they get the Bud and Lou, the two hyenas, and they head over to Catwoman's place because Catwoman's not there. And they're just going to hide out there. But the thing is, Gordon hears everything going the whole time. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's it. So, yeah, fun book. I'm pretty sure this is pretty much filler. I'm pretty much everything that happens in this comic will not matter when it finally gets to season three, but that's where it's headed. So, yeah. Yeah, because Kite, Man, Kite yeah. Man, yeah, she, they kind of broke up. Kite Man kind of realized what was up. He kind of said, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. No, because see, the, the tape was revealed that, no, that, that happened early. That happened early. So he knew about that shit and tried to marry it anyway, but he realized that she was in love with Harley. So he was like, he broke yeah. it off. Yeah, he broke yeah. it off. You know. Yeah, he broke it off. So he was like, "Nah, I, I don't want to be in a in a marriage with somebody that don't love me." Basically, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah. Well, cool, that sounds cool pretty stuff. cool. Yeah, but that's that's all I got. I'm I'm booked out. What what else you got? Yeah, me too. I I write a bunch of other shit, but I don't feel like talking about them. Oh yeah, I thought you had more shit than me. But anyway, all right. So yeah, like I said, if you listen this long, definitely like, share, subscribe. We have a bunch of actually we don't have a bunch of other podcasts. We have this Geeks and Comics and Big Willie doing a whole bunch of the podcasts. And I don't know what else is going on. <laughs> but people kind of come and go. It's like a Waffle House at Outright Geeky right now. I don't know who's there, who's not there, but yeah. yeah. So next week, we'll come up with something else. Uh, I guess we're going to just twiddle our thumbs until Shang-Chi comes around. Comes what, around. But I'm pretty sure if, to be. Doesn't What If come out soon? Oh, yeah. that's. I'll let you review that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I thought it was homework. You know, I don't, I don't have to Not really. It. I mean, if you watch it, cool. If you don't, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. It's whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, but like I said, until then, this is Leroy. This is Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time, same bullet channel. Yo, I'm in red form. Niggas speak down on my name like I wasn't there for him. About back in the days, this is a back in the days. It want me back in my ways, should do for the fade. Uh, musically, I'm on Mars. 
Walking all over the beat, putting my feet on the stars. I rock it like Lenny, take it like Jimmy the first time he seen a guitar. Standing in front of where they shot about us and we gotta know who we are. Uh, I'm in rare form. Wearing red Jordan, straight from Air Jordan, this a fair warning. Too many young guards, beef over nothing. When you get money, you know that it's coming. Saying they homies, but they ain't a hundred. We the most hundred, uh. I got my Mets hat on to the back. Y'all already know where we going with the stats. Hall of Fame only, kings and queens only. They all be grabbing my style, but you know they can't hold me. Yeah, I'm in rare form. Y'all still on the ground, you know I've been airborne. Studying big, studying Nietzsche. You got a call on the chopper to reach me. Homie, I don't need a jeweler to freeze me. Ice in my veins, I make it look easy. Mentally, I'm in Queens. More money, more problems, you gotta be ready for all that it brings. Let them say what they say, revenge on my plate, I'm loving the taste. They see you shining, emotions get hard to contain, they just ain't evolving the same. Me and HB is too rare, I'm moving all through the snares. Sound on millionaire, ain't nothing change, I'm flipping the page, I'm prince on the stage, slave on the space, you know what they say, Katie the way, I'm staying rare for all of my days. I'm staying rare for all of my days. Tarantino, curbing my ego, even though he know, empty glass of Pinot, cigars and casinos, what they especially praise is the ethos, stacks on blackjack, moving my chips, no superstition to make me get rich, I'm with this chick, this one I brought today, in between placing my bet, who shopped at Cartier, Rose go, I copped the reset, runway, hopped in a jet, flight attendant, popping my wet, I said I need that dime, all for respect, we having conversations, niggas show me property there, I call my nigga and I told him, yo, I gotta be there, Salmon Shish Kabob in the Misty Fall, roll a sticky log, big dog affair, no kids involved, round table having war council, press one button, it'll change the world around you, too rare, nothing to see here, Cuban over my streetwear, you're nobody to somebody kills you just to be fair, it's okay to keep the mystique, I learned that in the street, I'm me, solo with deep, I'm putting on for the G's, we've been doing gangsta shit for a long time, Look inside my mind, see a gold mine. I'm my own cosign. She texts in the old line. You keep staring at the glow, bitch, don't go blind. Brave heart energy, fuck all of the enemies. Exo Hennessy is not on me, it's in me. I'm not here to be friendly, they ain't even contending. Caprende, we've been doing gangsta shit for a long time. Look inside my mind, see a gold mine. I'm my own cosign. She texts in the old line. Caprende, it's up. Hit boy, you on some other shit. We on some other shit. Caprende. Yeah.